You're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Tux Arotere. This is episode 15. Thank you for tuning in to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, where we believe a simple life is a happy life. Episode 15 is Life Lessons for the Entrepreneurial Woman. I've got to share this. We bought an air fryer. (laughs) One word, life-changing. Okay, two words, but that's beside the point. The air fryer uses little or no oil, making it the healthiest choice since, ooh, I don't know, broccoli, (laughs) whatever. Seriously, I made some chicken and I even fried plantains in it today with little or no oil, zero oil where the chicken was concerned and less than a teaspoonful of oil for my plantains. And guess what? It was absolutely scrumptious. So I just feel like the healthy living lifestyle of the Arotere family has just jumped up quite a few rungs. All I'm saying is I recommend getting one. It's quick. It's healthy. You know, the food tastes amazing. Chicken or even lamb, made lamb yesterday in it, lamb or chicken ready in 20 minutes and tastes good. 20 minutes. Of course, I'm Nigerian. So even though the instructions said 20 minutes, that Nigerian in me jumped out and added an extra five and the chicken nearly got burned. But here we are winning at healthier meals and saving time as well. Question, how do you do life? I mean, especially if you're a woman in business or you have a demanding career, how do you run both aspects of your life side by side? You see, it took me a long time to realize that we are wired to appreciate only that which comes with a struggle. And I think it's a female thing. I mean, think about it. There's a woman somewhere today who feels incomplete because she didn't push her baby out and she had a C-section. There are women who believe pushing a baby out deserves more accolades by the ethereal or imaginary judges than having assisted delivery. There are women today who feel less than because they are stay-at-home moms and there are working moms who feel superior because they appear to be doing so much more. Tell me if I'm wrong, but (laughs) it would seem like we elevate struggle and we demean a life of relative ease. I know that in my own life, I've often taken the more complex route because I didn't appreciate the easier option. It's almost as the one who suffers the most gets the medal. So that's what's been on my mind. And with that, I want to share some tips that are kind of floating to the surface of my mind. And I hope that it will help you live a stress-free life. Or should we at least start with a less stressful life before we get to completely stress-free? Because just because you're a woman does not mean you should struggle. And just because you're a working mom does not mean you should find it hard. 
And just because you're a stay-at-home mom does not mean you owe anyone an explanation of how you spent your day. You owe no one nothing. And I hope that by the end of today's podcast, you will, or rather today's episode, you will at the very least get the ball rolling on simplifying your life even more so you can enjoy this one life that you've been given. One life. I say that a lot. You know, sometimes I say to friends, but often to myself. Talks, you have this one life, you better get up and do what you know you should be doing about now. That's my mantra to myself. One of my many mantras. Talking about mantras, I'm going to do an episode on some of the mantras that have got me through some of my toughest seasons and the mantras that kind of just help to move me forward. So before I do that, whenever that episode is going to be, I invite you to send me your mantras as well so that I can add them on. And and if you would share the story behind it, that would make it even more fun. So if you don't know me, I'm an entrepreneur. And this means that I take a risk daily in my business. I have to trust that my ideas are good. (laughs) I'm also a mindset strategist and I help entrepreneurially minded women get unstuck so they can play bigger because it's only one life. Chances are you have an abundance of ideas if you consider yourself an entrepreneur and you just don't know which one to pursue. So you end up doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that in the hope that one of them will work. Or maybe you stick with one for a while and then decide, hmm, it's not working. So you end up going for something else. I have a word for you. It's called consistency. Nothing will work without you being consistent at it. And I understand the logic, or should we say the lack of logic, behind not being consistent. I see it as being so focused on the end that you are oblivious or maybe even absent from the present. That's my explanation. So these tips will apply to you if you are any of these things. You're multi-talented. You're blessed with an abundance of gifts. You are confident and you just know that you can do all of these things. You can bring to life all of these ideas. And so you launch out and start four businesses at once or you are rising up the ranks in your corporate career or medical career, wherever you are, and you decide to start a side hustle because you know you can grow that side hustle to replace your salary. You probably read three or four books at the same time because they are all equally interesting and you can't pick one. In fact, you believe that if you choose one idea, one book, one business, you'll be neglecting the others and they'll suffer and you'll regret it. So these are my tips if this is you. My first tip is routine. Your mind needs to be reined in and the best way to do this is by having a routine. Listen, I know that isn't the most attractive option especially if you're impulsive and 
you run on adrenaline like yours truly. But hear me out. Routines are like having a fence on either side of your mind. That way, there's only so far out in the field that that mind can wander to. Routines will keep you on the straight and narrow, and it forces you to stay the course until you get to the very end. Now, when it comes to creating a routine, there are a few considerations to make. And this will require you knowing yourself fairly well. For example, I have a routine when it comes to family meals. Okay, that has suffered a bit since the pandemic because we've all become free spirits in my house. I think that I would have made a very good hippie if I was born in the 60s. Well, I digress. (laughs) So I use an app called To Do, and the app is by Microsoft. It used to be called Wonderlist, and I think Microsoft bought it or whatever happened, but you can download the To Do app or any other list making app. And that's what it is. It's an app for making lists and you can have every list. I'm going to do another episode on hacks and technology that I use. But the to-do app allows you to make any list. So on there, I have things like my travel list. When I'm travel, I have a list just called travel. And the reason I have the travel list is because I often go on business trips. They're short trips, but it's essential that I have my laptop charge and I have my phone charge and I have certain things must come with me. And if I've been working throughout the week and I'm leaving on a Thursday evening, often I wouldn't have taken out time to pack the night before, you know, until the night before I leave. And because I travel within Europe, it means that I'm flying out of Stansted Airport or occasionally Heathrow and my flight is ridiculously early in the morning. So by the time I get home from work and I start packing my things, I know I'm going to leave some things behind. So I just whip out my travel list and I just toss everything into my little suitcase or bag or whatever. Another list I have on my to-do app is my menu list or my, my list of meals. And in that list, I have every single meal that we have in my home. And it's not just the meals. So for example, I have jollof rice and chicken as one item. Then I have rice and beans and stew as another. Then I'd have lasagna and dinner rolls as another. So you are not just listing rice and potatoes, but you're listing the complete meals. Next, you add on each item, you can click through on the card. They're called cards. So you click through on the card and you have a note opens up behind each one. And then you can write a list of every ingredient that that particular meal requires. And the final step is to plug these meals in your calendar. So I do mine once a week and I do it every Thursday, you know, and make sure that you have a mix of both easy and fairly more complex meals as well within one week. So on a Thursday, I pull out my planner or the calendar in my kitchen and I've listed, I start from Sunday And I personally don't do breakfast and lunch. I just do dinner because my kids are big enough to make their own breakfast and lunch. I mean, they can make their own dinner as well, but I I want dinner to be special. So I make it myself most of the time. So I list uh, a Sunday's meal. I've just put in Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I spread the meals across the week. And then the reason I do it on Sunday is because we do our online shopping on Friday. So all the ingredients that are needed 
for the meals that I've chosen for the week. I make sure if we don't have them at home, then I make sure they go on the shopping list. And that way you don't end up having to rush out in the middle of the week to go buy pasta because you were planning on having pasta and mince and there's no pasta or there's no means or what have you. It just makes life so much easier. I want to give you a background. And if you haven't figured out, having reached episode 15 on the Living Inside Out podcast, that I am an impulsive human and I live on adrenaline. How people do coffee, I do adrenaline, which means that I'm not a natural planner. And it means that I don't always do things according to plan or in the, should I say, I don't always do things in the right order in a way that makes sense to the average human. (laughs) So when I say that I plan my meals, you have to understand that this is huge for me, for me to come to this point of not only regularly planning, but telling you to do it. I say all of that just to let you know that if you are also impulsive and you're not a planner, you can do this. I promise you that if I could do this, then anyone can do it. So the liberation that I have enjoyed from meal planning, you know, is just on a different level. I can't do without it. This whole season of the lockdown, I haven't done much of it. We've just kind of been floating around and just leaving from one day to the next. And it has been fun because I feel so relaxed. But the meal planning actually does liberate you. It doesn't restrict you and it doesn't stop you from being impulsive as well. So what I do is I mix in light meals and slightly more complex meals. And this is why if depending on the kind of job you have, you most likely will have require various levels of energy throughout the week. So for example, Monday tends to be a day that a lot of people struggle with because they're coming out of the weekend. And I think that we've been programmed to dislike Mondays because even though I work for myself and I don't even work on Mondays, when Sunday comes, there is just this tiny bit of a suggestion like talks, you should start to get anxious because Monday is coming. So I want to say that it's in the air, it's in society, it's in our culture. So Monday might be a bit of a heavy day for you work-wise. Maybe you're catching up on so much because it's the weekend. Maybe you're dealing with a lot more cases than normal because it's the first day of the week. That's when you want to have your nice and easy meal. That's when you want to have an easy meal like fajita or whatever it is that's you know relatively easy on your list. That's why you want to have a mix. If you're really good at planning, you can actually plan your meals based on what activities are going on during the week. And sometimes I successfully do that. But even when I don't, I just write a mix of three easy meals and two complex meals uh, or four complex meals on my list. And as the week goes on, I move things around because I may have planned to have an elaborate you know, lasagna with dinner rolls and salad and all the works on Wednesday. But then Wednesday comes and I'm feeling tired, you know, I'm tired or I'm exhausted or just I just had an off day at work and I'm just not in the mood for that. And I want the kids to just grab their own food. Some people prepare their meals the night before. I've tried, but it doesn't work for me. But the ultimate really is to avoid cooking every day. And you can do this by either doing a bulk cooking one day a week, maybe on a Saturday, or 
cooking a double portion every time you cook. And so you build up a store or a reservoir of complete family meals because you eat half of it and you freeze half of it. This is the bomb because on the days that I'm tired or I can't be bothered, there's a full meal in the freezer. In the case of the arotures, that method doesn't work a lot. (laughs) Sometimes it does, but not always. Certainly not in recent times because my house is filled to the brim with five hungry men. So what a normal family will call bulk cooking, I'll call normal cooking because I don't cook, I cater. I cater for an audience of hungry men. Planning your meals ahead also ensures that you are intentional in choosing what's healthy for your family. And please don't forget to delegate. There are predetermined roles in most cultures. For example, in my culture in Nigeria, the wife tends to own the kitchen and proudly as well. But not every home will work like that. If your spouse is better at cooking or finds it easier, please don't feel the pressure to conform to society's expectations. And another tip that has helped me that keeps you from cooking every day and sometimes keeps you from cooking at all is to use the services of a caterer. I have an amazing caterer. She's based in London and she prepares every type of meal. And I have left her details in the show notes if you're based in London and you need to hire her as well. She even portions my jollof rice into plastic containers so that the boys can help themselves out of the freezer when they're hungry, which is always. I have friends that do the majority of their cooking on the weekends, so that's also an option. It isn't fail-safe as you know, some meals just have to be made on the day and they're not the same if you keep them in the freezer. So the first routine I ever nailed was meal planning. And if you've been on my mailing list for a long time, you would have read about my recommendation. And while we're still in the kitchen, another game changer besides the air fryer is a bread maker. We stopped buying supermarket bread years ago. And my oldest son took it upon himself to become our personal bread maker. It's the easiest. You literally dump everything in the machine and turn it on. You don't stir it. You don't need it. You just toss it all in. And it needs, it bakes, and it keeps it all warm until you retrieve it. Again, in my house, it's one loaf per sitting. (laughs) But it works and I'm not complaining. I also have a 10-minute recipe for bread rolls, which I guarantee you would love. I've left the link in the show notes. And when I say 10 minutes, I mean from start to finish, in the oven, piping hot, 10 minutes. What else is a game changer? Slow cookers. I've used one in the past, but I just couldn't get into it. You know, this was many years ago. Maybe I struggled with recipes, I don't know, but many people swear by it. Another matter that needs our attention is outfit paralysis. Some days I go to bed thinking excitedly about the following day. I just know I'll be wearing my olive green trousers and burnt orange top. The next morning, my bed ends up being covered by different outfits. The olive trousers looked a bit odd, 
The orange now doesn't go with my lipstick because I've put on red lipstick and that's what I really want to wear. I don't feel like nude. I want to wear red. Oh, I just don't feel like a white blouse today. I'm in a blush pink sort of mood. Anyone else? Anyone? <laughs> Outfit paralysis is a time waster. In fact, I am now convinced that it is one of the tools of the devil to hold us back. The problem is too many options because if you had one red dress and one green dress, you'd know that red is on Mondays and green is on Tuesdays and red is on Wednesdays and green is on Thursdays. So there's a tip for handling our wardrobe issues and I'm going to share that with you real quickly. Create categories. For example, church work meeting, lunch with friends, grocery store, client appointments, workout. Decide how you want to dress for church, for example, and group similar items together. So say you prefer to wear dresses to church, you put your church dresses together. Work can be skirt suits and meetings will be power suits, trouser suits. Lunch with friends can be jeans with a nice top and a blazer. Grocery shopping is joggers or yoga pants or a onesie. That's me. <laughs> I have unashamedly won a onesie to my grocery store once. Okay, twice. Fine. The third time I was desperate. <laughs> and having these outfits pre-planned, not so much as this, what I'm wearing this week, which is also another tip, by the way. but what I wear whenever I'm rushing to parents, teachers meeting, I always wear jeans, just grab your jeans and a top. Or when it's church time, I just know I'm wearing a dress. Only look at the dresses. I've got a meeting today. Only look at the suits. That stops you from having to make a decision. And I cannot wait to do the episode on cognitive dissonance because that is just was a, a life-changing lesson for me when I learned it. It was last year or the year before. So you end up not trying on 15 different outfits until it feels right and you save time and energy and keep your stress levels down. So you don't need to wonder what you wear when you have a meeting because it's power suit day. And on the subject of outfits, it was a good day. The day I discovered that our skin undertones determine the colors that suit us. This has made shopping for clothes so much easier. So now I don't waste my time contemplating that pale blue blouse that looks so good on Tracy Ellis Ross because it's not going to look good on me because it's not my color. You know, in a nutshell, we all fall into one of three skin undertones, which is warm, cool, and neutral. And I've left a link in the show notes to help you identify yours. So when I go shopping, I can shop by color. It's magical. I don't bother looking at colors that supposedly don't look good on me. And something else I discovered about myself recently is that I do better with uh, V-necks than I do with round necks. I just noticed that in the mirror. I just kept thinking, you know. But anyway, I do. My friend Ajoke Savage of Style by Senamin is a personal stylist and can help. Another friend, Joy Odusi of Potential You, has 
literally just launched a virtual color analysis service, which I also recommend. And I've put both links in the show notes as well. But as we live in inside out people know, we know that everything that occurs on the outside started out on our inside. So let's explore how we can simplify life from within. Depending on which stage you are in your business or career, you may have made peace with the unannounced random visits that fear makes. As I've previously mentioned in a past episode, I have had a running battle with fear. I've attempted to sidestep it, squash it, deny its existence, and even just waited for it to pass. And I have found that fear only disappears when you start to move towards it. I love a mantra my friend Titi says, everything will work out in the end. (laughs) Granted, she's one of the most panic-free, chilled out people I know. But she says so with such conviction that you're inclined to believe her. It is important that you have a process for handling scary situations. And the process may involve a mix of physical acts and mental or spiritual as well. For example, my first physical act is to breathe because we forget to breathe when we're anxious. And when we do, it's shallow and we don't get the full benefits that a lung full of air or full of oxygen can give to our brain. Next, I start to pray under my breath. And in that moment, I'm not trying to solve the problem. I'm not even trying to change what has happened, whatever's causing me the fear. I'm just trying to bring myself into a place of peace so that I can logically solve the problem. Because anxiety and important decision-making do not mix. The next thing I do is to gather all the information as well as any relevant resources. It helps to know the spectrum, the full spectrum of the situation, because at each point, there must be someone or some resource that you can tap into. And this also spills into building a community around yourself, which we're going to go into in the next episode. So what's your process? Do you have one? If you're not sure, if you don't even know if you've been using a process, Think back to a time when you had a crisis and you resolved it, bearing in mind that resolving does not mean that things reverted to where they were prior to the problem popping up. Resolving it can mean growing past it, accepting it, or abandoning the project because you realized that it wasn't worth pursuing. Next week, we'll be going into even more tips or life hacks for the entrepreneurial mind. I hope these have been helpful. Why don't you head to my website, talksarotere.com or Instagram and add some tips of your own? Because I believe in the power of collective experiences. Just imagine if we didn't have to reinvent the wheel every single time because we can learn from each other. Ooh, and I'll be speaking to a group of healthcare professionals next week on communication. If you're on my mailing list, 
you will receive the information to jump on the Zoom chat because I can sneak you in, even if you're not a healthcare professional. I want to stop and say a heartfelt thank you for listening. There are 850,000 active podcasts and 30 million episodes. So to say that you are spoiled for choice is a gross understatement. And yet you've chosen to hang out here. So thank you so much. I am honored and I don't take it lightly. Thank you too for the reviews and the shares and the comments and the recommendations. Honestly, each one helps other people like us <laughs> to find us because we're a tribe. Have a wonderful rest of the week. Let's keep the conversation going on social and remember to live always from the inside out.